2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse number 15 with me today. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God, we join our voices with the Apostle Paul. We join our hearts with the Apostle Paul. And we say today, thank you. Thank you for a gift that is beyond description. The gift of life. The gift of light. The gift of hope. Thank you, Father God, for sending us Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. Heaven's Holy One has come, and we're glad about it. What you have sent your word to do, God, let it be done today. We give you praise as we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Santa has come fully into the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa is as hip as you ever hoped he would be. Santa is social and swag. Sa Santa's all over the social media, I found out. He has a Facebook page. Yes. You can, you can go and search out Santa on Facebook if you'd like. There's a, a million point three, 1.3 million people on his Facebook and, and 138,000 likes on just one of his pictures. Probably a selfie, I don't know. but He also tweets, I found out. Santa has a Twitter account. He's tweeted 3,614 times. He has 22,309 followers. Uh, he is following that many, and he has 389,025 followers, and that's growing every day. He also is on Instagram, in case you want to see his pictures. Yes, he has 24,000 followers on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, Santa's just moved right up into the 21st century. Can you believe it? He has an email account. You can email Santa at emailsanta.com. And he got over a million emails this last year. That's a lot of responding, isn't it? Let me read you a few of the emails that came in to Santa this last year. A boy named John wrote, I'm sorry, but I don't have a chimney. I'll leave the cat flap unlocked for you. <laughs> but watch out for the litter box. <laughs> Eight-year-old Alex wrote in and said, Thank you for the remote control car last year, even though it broke the day after. I know you tried, and that's what counts. Little Art wrote in, I'm sorry for put it, putting all that X-lax in, in your milk last year, but I wasn't sure if you were real. My dad was really mad. <laughs> yeah, I bet he was. Christian emailed Santa and he said, Mommy and Daddy say I've not been very good these past few days. How bad can I be before I lose my presence? <laughs> Kayla wrote and she said, Please don't bring me any new clothes. <laughs> Roseanne, she wrote and said, Do you know that Jesus is the real reason for the season of Christmas? Not to be mean or anything, but he is. How many know that Jesus is the real reason for the season? Come on, somebody. It's not about the lights. It's not about the tree. It's not about the presents. It's not about the food. Christ is the reason for Christmas. 
And I believe that we should leave Christ in Christmas. And we celebrate Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah that was foretold and promised had finally arrived. God's greatest gift, heaven's holy one. This morning I want to simply rehearse the story, the old, old story. I want to tell you the story again. It's familiar to all of us. But as I walk you through the Christmas story, I want you to pay particular attention to the response of those involved at the time. Mary, for instance. What was Mary's response to the greatest gift ever given? What did Mary do? Mary magnified. Mary magnified. An angel appears. His name is Gabriel. He's one of the messengers that was dispatched by God from time to time throughout Scripture. Here's one of his most important assignments, I suppose, announcing to a teenage girl that she would carry God's son. Wow. Luke 1 and 31, Behold, the angel said, You will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, Mary's first response is not magnification. <laughs> Mary's first response is confusion. Mary's first response is fear. She says, well, how can this be? After all, I'm not married yet. And not only was Mary not married, she also had not had premarital sex. The Bible's very clear about that. She was betrothed or engaged to be married to Joseph. But the Bible explicitly tells us she was still a virgin. And so she's afraid and she's confused and she asks the angel, how can this be? I've never even been with a man. How many understand this is a critical step in actually conceiving a baby? <laughs> she's afraid, she's confused. But the angel says to her in verse number 30, do not be afraid, Mary, because you found favor with God. Oh, I'm so thankful today for the favor of God. When I don't know what's going to happen or what God's going to do, all of the sudden God's favor appears on the scene. God's favor is announced to me and it changes everything. When I feel like I'm not qualified and there are others quite clearly more qualified, all at once God speaks favor and God says, I'm giving you favor and he opens a doorway that only God could open and nobody else could open and nobody else could close. How many are thankful today for the favor of God in your life? And let me ask this, how many want the favor of God moving into 2014? You want favor with people. You want favor in position. Ask God for the favor. I believe God is going to grant you favor and there will be doors that open that leave your mouth dropped in amazement wondering how could this be? Because it's nothing that you could do. It's nothing in your ability. It's nothing in your connections. It's all about God's favor and God positioning you 
so that he can use you and maybe so God could birth something new in you just like he did with a, a teenage virgin way back when. God's going to birth something in you. In fact, I believe that on today, he's already planting some seeds. Hallelujah. And he's going to give you favor. And you're going to see something come forth that will amaze you and everybody in your life. God still gives favor. And I believe that La Palma Christian Center is going to walk in the favor. Hmm. We're going to walk in favor. Where's Claudia at? Come on, Claudia. We're going to walk in favor. I'm walking in favor. I'm walking in favor. Everywhere I go, people are going to be amazed. And we're going to say, it's God's favor. Hallelujah. I don't know myself because I'm unqualified. I, I don't have all the credentials that somebody else does. But all I know is God opened a door that only God could open. And I'm going to walk through it. Walk in the favor of God. Mary starts with amazement. She starts with, with uh, unbelief and fear and confusion. She goes over to her cousin's house. She goes over to Elizabeth's house. And I, I love this. There's so much power and authority and strength in Jesus that even before he was born, something happened. Mary's just carrying him now because what was, what was spoken had come to pass and she was with child and she comes into Elizabeth's presence and into her home and, and immediately the Bible says the baby inside of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, leaped up on the inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how much power there is in Jesus. See, you're carrying Jesus right now. Do you know that? Do you know that you're, you're housing the Almighty? Or did you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And I believe, Mike, that everywhere we go, there ought to be some kind of an impact. And people are affected because of what's on the inside of us. You're housing the Almighty. You are carrying light into darkness everywhere you go. Do people even know what's on the inside of you? Do people even know what you are carrying, what God has birthed in you, and all the seeds that the Holy Spirit has planted inside of you? When you walk into a room, is there any impact? Is there any difference whatsoever? God, I pray that on this next year, should you tarry, that the power that is in us because of you would be so displayed everywhere we go. Can you imagine somebody just going, I don't know, I felt something right there. I felt something right there. I remember, I remember this one time we, we uh, went to the Brownsville Revival. Remember Brownsville Revival in Pensacola years ago? Actually, it was in Indianapolis. It was the, it was the, the evangelist and the pastor. They had come to Indianapolis. And I wanted to have... Uh, uh, Steve Hill, he was the evangelist. I wanted him to pray for me. So people are following him around and, you know, and nobody could get to him. And then all of a sudden, Kilpatrick, Pastor Kilpatrick, just walked by me. And I'm telling you, I felt, I felt power come off of that man. And I nearly fell. But I, it was so powerful and the anointing so strong because he had been praying for people that even Mickey, as he just walked by me, power came off of him. 
Do you know the Bible says that they would bring out the sick, they would drag out the sick into the streets just so the shadow of the apostles, the shadow of the disciples, if it would fall on the sick, they would be healed. I mean, I know that's real crazy, that's real radical, that's real extreme, but I wonder, do people even know what we're carrying on the inside? This gift that we have, this treasure that we house, we should be making an impact, church, everywhere we go. 8.30 didn't even get all that, did they, Pastor Dave? What's Mary's response? Finally, we get to Mary's response. I want you to look in your Bible at Luke chapter 146. Look at this. What did Mary do? She sang a song. Mary magnified the Lord. And Mary said, verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. And how it's been so... For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. What is Mary's response to the greatest gift ever given? She simply magnified God. She magnified him for his greatness. She magnified him for his holiness. She magnified him for his mercy, for his strength, for his provision. She magnified God because he's a God that helps us in our time of need. Magnify the Lord these next days into this next year. Make your life a life that will join with Mary in magnifying God. This is Mary's response. What of the angels? What did the angels do? What is the angels' response to this greatest gift ever given? The angels adored. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, verse number 12 says, You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, peace, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angel's response to the greatest gift ever given is adoration. Now angels, you need to understand something this morning. Angels are created beings. They were not birthed. They were created by God. They were created for purpose. They were created for an assignment, a mission. 
Some angels are created as messengers. They are known as messengers of God. Gabriel, we know him by name, in fact. And throughout Scripture, we see Gabriel arriving from time to time, and uh, he will deliver a message. There are some angels that are created to fight and they are warring angels, and they will fight in the heavenlies. They fight in the unseen spiritual realm. You better believe today that there is a spiritual war going on right now, even though we don't see it, even though we don't touch it. There's a war going on right now for your soul and for your welfare. And we have angels, I believe, that are at war for our good. So thanks be to God for creating messenger angels and warring angels. Amen? But listen... I want to tell you today how much God loves worship and God desires and really demands worship. He created angelic beings for the sole purpose of worship. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 8 tells us the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are, are full of eyes all around and within and day and night they never cease, day and night never cease to say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when they finish they start again and they say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then they lift their voice again and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And they go on and they go on and they go on day and night and they never cease giving God worship and adoring Jesus Christ. This is how much God desires and demands worship. Created beings to worship Him around the throne at all times, and they have not been redeemed. They worship God, and they haven't been, they haven't been bought with a price. They worship God, and they weren't wandering in darkness, and all at once found the light. Oh, I wish somebody would just jump on this and get with me here today. They worship God, and they weren't spiritually blind, and now they have spiritual vision. Church, how much more should we as sons and daughters of the Most High who were bound and now free, who were blind and now see, who were wandering and walking in darkness and now we walk in the light, how much more should we be worshiping and adoring the Most High God? Come on, somebody take your opportunity right now and give God some praise in this place. Anybody thankful for redemption? Anybody thankful for the life that has come? Hallelujah. This isn't no golfer tournament here. You can actually get excited and get loud. <laughs> so here's some created angels, created beings, that created to adore. They join the messenger angel. And perhaps one of the greatest nights of adoration. The night, the announcement of the good news comes. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Good tidings to all the earth. And it will be for all the people. And so the angels adore on that night. Jesus is born. And the good news means fear is gone, joy has come, peace 
on earth and goodwill to all men. Come on and lift your hands just one more time and just adore the Lord right now. Come on, you don't have to have Pastor Moses in this band up here, do you? Could you just decide to do this right now, God? We lift our hands and our hearts and our voices. We adore you, God. Oh, come, let us adore Christ the Lord, Christ the King, Christ the Savior has been born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been redeemed, church. We've been rescued. We found a Savior. Somebody has forgiven us of all of our wrong and all of our mistakes and all of our sin. Hallelujah. What of the shepherds? We've talked of Mary. We've talked of the angels. What of the shepherds? What is their response to the greatest gift ever given? Let's look at what the text says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They found Mary, they found Joseph, and they found the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. The shepherds, their response is, let's share the good news. The shepherds shared. They, they heard something, they heard an announcement which freaked them out. <laughs> Says they were greatly afraid, rightly so, but then the angels, after they had joined and, and, and sang this chorus or, or declared this, this adoration, glory to God in the highest, then they left. And the shepherds say, we've got to go and see this thing. And they, the shepherds saw, but then they shared. They took immediate action. They shared with others what they had heard and what they had seen. The result was, the Bible tells us many marveled. I believe many believed. I believe many continued to share and the good news of Jesus Christ spread throughout the towns, spread throughout the region. I think of everything that God has done for me and how my life has drastically changed from the time that I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. Does anybody remember the night or the day or the morning? Mine was on November the 14th, 1982. And all that has happened as a result of finding a Savior, He saved me and cleansed me. And that would be enough for me to share and to tell just the fact that He saved me. But He's done so much more than just saving me. I've had significant supernatural healing in my body on two different occasions. God healed me of epilepsy and God healed two herniated discs in my lower back. He did what doctors could not do. Doctors were medicating me and trying to treat, uh, treat the symptoms and, and alleviate the pain, but Jesus didn't just treat the symptoms and alleviate the pain. Jesus healed me. 
God sent me Karen. God gave me my children. God sent me to this church. And my list goes on and on and on of all that's happened to me since I encountered Jesus, since I heard and since I saw it for myself. And you have your own list of, of reasons why you should share. How many are saved today? You found Jesus as a Savior. Tell somebody about the Savior. Has anybody else ever been healed by Jesus and you found him as a healer? Tell somebody about the healer. I know for a fact there are people who have been on drugs and alcohol and you got delivered. Let me see the hand of everybody that's been delivered today. Tell everybody that you can that not only did he deliver his people from bondage way back when, but he also delivers his people from bondage today. Hallelujah. Tell how God has provided for you. Tell how God has salvaged things for you and turned things around. It's time, church, that we also share the good news. I believe this is a gift worth sharing. How about you? Amen. What about the wise men? The wise men, they come in a little bit later after Jesus is born. I love what the wise men did. Wise men worship. Matthew chapter 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Did you get that? Their sole purpose in pursuit of Jesus was to worship him. Why do you come to church? Do you come because this choir is going to uh, sing and, and, and they're going to encourage us and try to motivate us and you just like the choir? That's part of the reason I come. And it's a good reason. It's great. Do you come to church because you hope that someone will pray for you and that we'll call the elders and the pastors and we'll pray for healing. I hope, I hope you do come for that reason. It's a good reason to come. Do you come because the people are so amazing and you just enjoy being around them and you get encouraged when M Mickey always encourages me. I just love it. So I want to see her. I want to shake her hand and hug her neck because I know she's going to encourage me. I, you know, that's a good reason, right? And so many more, so many more. But all of these reasons should be down the list. We should come into God's house to worship Jesus. Just to worship Jesus. To know Jesus. To learn of Jesus. Wise men pursued him in order to worship him. Let me read on in verse number 9. When they heard the king they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold and frankincense and myrrh. The wise men's response was worship. 
Notice, however, the worship required something. Worship required an investment of, of time, didn't it? They had to leave their, their regions, their cities, their areas, their towns, and go to some place that never, they didn't even know really where they were going. Guided by God, by way of a star. They invested time in order to worship Him. They also invested of their treasure. When they saw the child, it says that they opened their treasure. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave the very best unto the king of, of all other kings. As you worship Christ, I want you to invest time into that. I want you to invest your treasure in worshiping him. Because I believe that wise men still worship him. Wise women will still worship him. Amen? There's one more player in the play that I want us to examine just before we close. We see Mary's response. We've talked of the angels' response, the shepherds, the wise men. But one more. What of the gift himself? What is Jesus' response? And you may say, well, we all know that. That's so clear. Think about this, though. Christ came. God devised a plan because he loves the world so much and the world was getting out of hand. The world was turning from him. And so God devised a plan of redemption. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Say it with me. But have everlasting life. The most familiar verse in all the Word of God, the most recited verse in all the Word of God, perhaps the most loved. It says concisely God's plan. God loved the world, and so He sent His Son into the world so that we would live if we would believe in Him. We wouldn't perish, we wouldn't die. So here's God the Father. Remember, we believe in a triune God, right? We believe in God the Father, we believe in God the Son, and we believe in God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct, but yet all one God. So God the Father saying, uh, Jesus, I need to tell you something. <laughs> Jesus saying, Father, I want to do whatever you want me to do. What if God had chosen to use one of the created beings that we spoke of a little bit ago? I mean, some of these guys had to be huge, right? Michael, Gabriel, and sends one of the created angels. You'll be, you'll be the redeemer. You'll be the savior. But see, created beings are a dime a dozen with God. See? There's thousands upon thousands. There's only one Son of God. 
only one son of God. And God was willing to give his very best in, in giving the only one of that kind, his only son. And Christ's response, Jesus' response, became. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. <coughs> wow. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace, full of truth. Christ came. He came to be born of a virgin. He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to perform miracles and astound the people, create some enthusiasm and curiosity. He came to live a sinless life as our example. He came to be beaten and wrongly accused. Christ came to be crucified on a cross. He came to die for the sins of all mankind. He came to be laid in a borrowed tomb. Christ came to rise triumphant over death. Is anybody happy that Christ chose to come? Well, if you're glad that he came, you'll be really glad that he's coming again. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He's coming again to receive us as his own. And we must be ready for that. I've asked Pastor Moses and the choir, actually, to come. Choir, could you come back up? I've entitled this message, Heaven's Holy One which is the title of a song that I wrote on December 26th, last Christmas, the day after Christmas. I actually, it was part of a dream that I had. And I woke up and I scribbled down these words. And I told Pastor Moses just a few days later, I said, I, God gave me a song. And I think there's something to it. Maybe we could use it next year. He incorporated it into the Christmas Comes to Life production. But it's just called Heaven's Holy One.
gift ever given he left the splendor of heaven and came to be born in a stable and laid in a manger light has come light has come and we who wandered in darkness we have seen his light what is our response let us join with Mary and magnify Jesus. Let us join with the angels in adoration. 
join with the shepherds and share all of the good things that Jesus has done in your life. May we join the wise men and worship Him. What is our response? Let us join Christ. And as Christ came to us, may we come to Christ. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I want to accept God's gift of love. I want to accept God's gift of life. I want Jesus to come in and be my Savior. I want Jesus to forgive me of all of my wrong and all of my mistakes and cleanse me of my sin. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Let me pray for you. Yes, yes. I know that God has brought you here today. I, I'm going to ask you to take a very courageous step. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to step out from where you are and come and meet me at this altar. We're going to sing this chorus one more time. And I want you to come and we're going to pray with you today. Come and let me pray with you. Pastors, would you help me here today? Wow. New life is happening around this altar today. New life today, church. So we sing glory, 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 glory. Just surrender your life to him. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Sing glory, glory. the greatest gift ever given, the greatest gift that you will ever receive. Give your life to Christ. Give your heart to God. Give God a chance. Give God a real chance. And I believe he'll turn your life around and radically change you. This church is filled with testimony after testimony, men and women and students who have accepted this gift. Is there anyone else today? Anyone else? Come now. Come now. Isn't it awesome to see God change lives at an altar of repentance, at an altar of prayer? Come on, let's join with the angels. The Bible also tells us angels rejoice. Even if one soul comes to a saving knowledge of Christ. Come on, let's join with the angels today. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah.
it uh, come out tonight for carols, candles, and communion at 6 o'clock. Should be great. Go ahead and bow your heads. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord, to worship you. God, we pray that as we go out throughout this season, you would fix our gaze upon you. Lord, there are many distractions in this season, things to be enjoyed, but God, I pray that throughout all of those things, we would only look to you. God, that as we celebrate this holiday and enjoy the, the many things that come with it, Lord, I pray that our sole goal would be to glorify your name. God, I pray that you would show us your glory. God, that you would soften our hearts and give us a sense of thankfulness for what you've done for us for what you gave to us in the birth of Christ. Father God, we thank you. And it's your name we pray. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse number 15 with me today. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God, we join our voices with the Apostle Paul. We join our hearts with the Apostle Paul and we say today, thank you. Thank you for a gift that is beyond description. The gift of life, the gift of light, the gift of hope. Thank you, Father God, for sending us Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. Heaven's Holy One has come and we're glad about it. What you have sent your word to do, God, let it be done today. And we give you praise as we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Santa has come fully into the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa is as hip as you ever hoped he would be. Santa is social and swag. Santa's all over the social media, I found out. He has a Facebook page. Yes. You can, you can go and search out Santa on Facebook if you'd like. There's a, a million point three, 1.3 million people on his Facebook and, and 138,000 likes on just one of his pictures. Probably a selfie, I don't know. but He also tweets, I found out. Santa has a Twitter account. He's tweeted 3,614 times. He has 22,309 follow followers. Uh, he is following that many, and he has 389,025 followers, and that's growing every day. He also is on Instagram, in case you want to see his pictures. Yes, he has 24,000 followers on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, Santa just moved right up into the 21st century. Can you believe it? He has an email account. You can email Santa at emailsanta.com. And he got over a million emails this last year. That's a lot of responding, isn't it? Let me read you a few of the emails that came into Santa this last year. A boy named John wrote, I'm sorry, but I don't have a chimney. I'll leave the cat flap unlocked for you. But watch out for the litter box. <laughs> Eight-year-old Alex wrote in and said, Thank you for the remote control car last year, even though it broke the day after. I know you tried, and that's what counts. 
Little Art wrote in, I'm sorry for put, putting all that X-lax in, in your milk last year, but I wasn't sure if you were real. My dad was really mad. <laughs> yeah, I bet he was. Christian emailed Santa and he said, Mommy and Daddy say I've not been very good these past few days. How bad can I be before I lose my presence? <laughs> Kayla wrote and she said, Please don't bring me any new clothes. <laughs> Roseanne, she wrote and said, do you know that Jesus is the real reason for the season of Christmas? Not to be mean or anything, but he is. How many know that Jesus is the real reason for the season? Come on, somebody. It's not about the lights. It's not about the tree. It's not about the presents. It's not about the food. Christ is the reason for Christmas. And I believe that we should leave Christ in Christmas. And we celebrate Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah that was foretold and promised had finally arrived. God's greatest gift, heaven's holy one. This morning I want to simply rehearse the story, the old, old story. I want to tell you the story again. It's familiar to all of us. But as I walk you through the Christmas story, I want you to pay particular attention to the response of those involved at the time. Mary, for instance. What was Mary's response to the greatest gift ever given? What did Mary do? Mary magnified. Mary magnified. An angel appears. His name is Gabriel. He's one of the messengers that was dispatched by God from time to time throughout Scripture. Here's one of his most important assignments, I suppose, announcing to a teenage girl that she would carry God's son. Wow. Luke 1 and 31, Behold, the angel said, You will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, Mary's first response is not magnification. <laughs> Mary's first response is confusion. Mary's first response is fear. She says, well, how can this be? After all, I'm not married yet. And not only was Mary not married, she also had not had premarital sex. The Bible's very clear about that. She was betrothed or engaged to be married to Joseph. But the Bible explicitly tells us she was still a virgin. And so she's afraid and she's confused and she asks the angel, how can this be? I've never even been with a man. How many understand this is a critical step in actually conceiving a baby? <laughs> She's afraid. She's confused. But the angel says to her in verse number 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you found favor with God. Oh, I'm so thankful today for the favor of God. 
when I don't know what's going to happen or what God's going to do, all of the sudden God's favor appears on the scene. God's favor is announced to me and it changes everything. When I feel like I'm not qualified and there are others quite clearly more qualified, all at once God speaks favor and God says, I'm giving you favor and he opens a doorway that only God could open and nobody else could open and nobody else could close. How many are thankful today for the favor of God in your life? And let me ask this, how many want the favor of God moving into 2014? You want favor with people. You want favor in position. Ask God for the favor. I believe God is going to grant you favor and there will be doors that open that leave your mouth dropped in amazement wondering how could this be because it's nothing that you could do. It's nothing in your ability. It's nothing in your connections. It's all about God's favor and God positioning you so that he can use you and maybe so God could birth something new in you just like he did with a, a teenage virgin way back when. God's going to birth something in you. In fact, I believe that on today, he's already planting some seeds. Hallelujah. And he's going to give you favor. And you're going to see something come forth that will amaze you and everybody in your life. God still gives favor. And I believe that La Palma Christian Center is going to walk in the favor. Mm. We're going to walk in favor. Where's Claudia at? Come on, Claudia. We're going to walk in favor. I'm walking in favor. I'm walking in favor. Everywhere I go, people are going to be amazed. And we're going to say, it's God's favor. Hallelujah. I don't know myself because I'm unqualified. I don't have all the credentials that somebody else does, but all I know is God opened a door that only God could open, and I'll walk through it. Walk in the favor of God. Mary starts with amazement. She starts with, with uh, unbelief and fear and confusion. She goes over to her cousin's house. She goes over to Elizabeth's house. And I, I love this. There's so much power and authority and strength in Jesus, that even before he was born, something happened. Mary's just carrying him now because what was, what was spoken had come to pass and she was with child and she comes into Elizabeth's presence and into her home and, and immediately the Bible says the baby inside of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, leaped up on the inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how much power there is in Jesus. See, you're carrying Jesus right now. Do you know that? Do you know that you're, you're housing the Almighty? Or did you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And I believe, Mike, that everywhere we go, there ought to be some kind of an impact. And people are affected because of what's on the inside of us. You're housing the Almighty. You are carrying light into darkness everywhere you go. Do people even know what's on the inside of you? Do people even know what you are carrying, what God has birthed in you, and all the seeds that the Holy Spirit has planted inside of you? When you walk into a room, is there any impact? Is there any difference whatsoever? God, I pray that on this next year, should you tarry, that the power that is in us because of you would be so displayed everywhere we go. 
hmm, can you imagine somebody just going, I don't know, I felt something right there. I felt something right there. I remember, I remember this one time we, we uh, went to the Brownsville Revival. Remember Brownsville Revival in Pensacola years ago? Actually, it was in Indianapolis. It was the, it was the, the evangelist and the pastor. They had come to Indianapolis. And I wanted to have uh, uh, Steve Hill. He was the evangelist. I wanted him to pray for me. So people are following him around, and, you know, and nobody could get to him. And then all of a sudden, Kilpatrick, Pastor Kilpatrick, just walked by me. And I'm telling you, I felt, I felt power come off of that man. And I nearly fell. But I, it was so powerful and the anointing so strong because he had been praying for people that even Mickey, as he just walked by me, power came off of him. Do you know the Bible says that they would bring out the sick, they would drag out the sick into the streets just so the shadow of the apostles, the shadow of the disciples, if it would fall on the sick, they would be healed. I mean, I know that's real crazy. That's real radical. That's real extreme. But I wonder, do people even know what we're carrying on the inside? This gift that we have, this treasure that we house, we should be making an impact, church, everywhere we go. 830 didn't even get all that, did they, Pastor Dave? What's Mary's response? Finally, we get to Mary's response. I want you to look in your Bible at Luke chapter 146. Look at this. What did Mary do? She sang a song. Mary magnified the Lord. And Mary said, verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. And how it's been so. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. What is Mary's response to the greatest gift ever given? She simply magnified God. She magnified Him for His greatness. She magnified Him for His holiness. She magnified Him for His mercy, for His strength, for His provision. She magnified God because He's a God that helps us in our time of need. Magnify the Lord these next days into this next year. Make your life a life that will join with Mary in magnifying God. This is Mary's response. What of the angels? What did the angels do? What is the angel's response to this greatest gift ever given? The angels adored. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is 
Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, verse number 12 says, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on, peace, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angel's response to the greatest gift ever given is adoration. Now angels, you need to understand something this morning. Angels are created beings. They were not birthed. They were created by God. They were created for a purpose. They were created for an assignment, a mission. Some angels are created as messengers. They are known as messengers of God. Gabriel, we know him by name, in fact. And throughout Scripture, we see Gabriel arriving from time to time, and uh, he will deliver a message. There are some angels that are created to fight and they are warring angels, and they will fight in the heavenlies. They fight in the unseen spiritual realm. You better believe today that there is a spiritual war going on right now, even though we don't see it, even though we don't touch it. There's a war going on right now for your soul and for your welfare. And we have angels, I believe, that are at war for our good. So thanks be to God for creating messenger angels and warring angels. Amen? But listen... I want to tell you today how much God loves worship and God desires and really demands worship. He created angelic beings for the sole purpose of worship. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 8 tells us the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are, are full of eyes all around and within and day and night they never cease, day and night never cease to say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when they finish they start again and they say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then they lift their voice again and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they go on and they go on and they go on day and night and they never cease giving God worship and adoring Jesus Christ. This is how much God desires and demands worship. Created beings to worship Him around the throne at all times, and they have not been redeemed. They worship God, and they haven't been, they haven't been bought with a price. They worship God, and they weren't wandering in darkness, and all at once found the light. Oh, I wish somebody would just jump on this and get with me here today. They worship God, and they weren't spiritually blind, and now they have spiritual vision. Church, how much more should we as sons and daughters of the Most High who were bound and now free, who were blind and now see, who were wandering and walking in darkness and now we walk in the light, how much more should we be worshiping and adoring the Most High God? Come on, somebody take your opportunity right now and give God some praise in this place. Anybody thankful for redemption? Anybody thankful for the life that has come? Hallelujah. This isn't no golfer tournament here. You can actually get excited and get loud. 
So here's some created angels, created beings, that created to adore. They join the messenger angel. And perhaps one of the greatest nights of adoration, the night the announcement of the good news comes. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, good tidings to all the earth, and it will be for all the people. And so the angels adore on that night. Jesus is born. And the good news means fear is gone. Joy has come. Peace on earth. And goodwill to all men. Come on and lift your hands just one more time and just adore the Lord right now. Come on, you don't have to have Pastor Moses in this band up here, do you? Could you just decide to do this right now, God? We lift our hands and our hearts and our voices. We adore you, God. Oh, come, let us adore Christ the Lord, Christ the King, Christ the Savior has been born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been redeemed, church. We've been rescued. We found a Savior. Somebody has forgiven us of all of our wrong and all of our mistakes and all of our sin. Hallelujah. What of the shepherds? We've talked of Mary. We've talked of the angels. What of the shepherds? What is their response to the greatest gift ever given? Let's look at what the text says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They found Mary, they found Joseph, and they found the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. The shepherds, their response is, let's share the good news. The shepherds shared. They, they heard something, they heard an announcement which freaked them out. <laughs> Says they were greatly afraid, and rightly so. But then the angels, after they had joined and, and, and sang this chorus or, or declared this, this adoration, glory to God in the highest, then they left. And the shepherds say, we've got to go and see this thing. And they, the shepherds saw, but then they shared. They took immediate action. They shared with others what they had heard and what they had seen. The result was, the Bible tells us many marveled. I believe many believed. I believe many continued to share and the good news of Jesus Christ spread throughout the towns, spread throughout the region. I think of everything that God has done for me and how my life has drastically changed from the time that I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. Does anybody remember the night or the day or the morning? Mine was on November the 14th, 1982. And all that has happened as a result of finding a Savior 
He saved me and cleansed me. And that would be enough for me to share and to tell just the fact that he saved me. But he's done so much more than just saving me. I've had significant supernatural healing in my body on two different occasions. God healed me of epilepsy and God healed two herniated discs in my lower back. He did what doctors could not do. Doctors were medicating me and trying to treat, uh, treat the symptoms and, and alleviate the pain, but Jesus didn't just treat the symptoms and alleviate the pain. Jesus healed me. God sent me Karen. God gave me my children. God sent me to this church, and my list goes on and on and on of all that's happened to me since I encountered Jesus, since I heard and since I saw it for myself. And you have your own list of, of reasons why you should share. How many are saved today? You found Jesus as a Savior. Tell somebody about the Savior. Has anybody else ever been healed by Jesus and you found him as a healer? Tell somebody about the healer. I know for a fact there are people who have been on drugs and alcohol and you got delivered. Let me see the hand of everybody that's been delivered today. Tell everybody that you can that not only did he deliver his people from bondage way back when, but he also delivers his people from bondage today. Hallelujah. Tell how God has provided for you. Tell how God has salvaged things for you and turned things around. It's time, church, that we also share the good news. I believe this is a gift worth sharing. How about you? Amen. What about the wise men? The wise men, they come in a little bit later after Jesus is born. I love what the wise men did. Wise men worshiped. Matthew chapter 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Did you get that? Their sole purpose in pursuit of Jesus was to worship him. Why do you come to church? Do you come because this choir is going to uh, sing and, and, and they're going to encourage us and try to motivate us and you just like the choir? That's part of the reason I come. And it's a good reason. It's great. Do you come to church because you hope that someone will pray for you and that we'll call the elders and the pastors and we'll pray for healing. I hope, I hope you do come for that reason. It's a good reason to come. Do you come because the people are so amazing and you just enjoy being around them and you get encouraged when Mickey always encourages me. I just love it. So I want to see her. I want to shake her hand and hug her neck because I know she's going to encourage me. I, you know, that's a good reason, right? And so many more, so many more. But all of these reasons should be down the list. We should come into God's house to worship Jesus. Just to worship Jesus. To know Jesus. To learn of Jesus. 
wise men pursued him in order to worship him. Let me read on in verse number 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold and frankincense and myrrh. The wise men's response was worship. Notice, however, the worship required something. Worship required an investment of, of time, didn't it? They had to leave their, their regions, their cities, their areas, their towns and go to some place that never they didn't even know really where they were going guided by god by way of a star they invested time in order to worship him they also invested of their treasure when they saw the child it says that they opened their treasure gold and frankincense and myrrh they gave the very best unto the king of of all other kings. As you worship Christ, I want you to invest time into that. I want you to invest your treasure in worshiping Him. Because I believe that wise men still worship Him. Wise women will still worship Him. Amen? There's one more player in the play that I want us to examine just before we close we see Mary's response we've talked of the angels response the shepherds the wise men but one more what of the gift himself what is Jesus response and you may say well we all know that that's so clear think about this though Christ came. God devised a plan because he loves the world so much and the world was getting out of hand. The world was turning from him. And so God devised a plan of redemption. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Say it with me. But have everlasting life. The most familiar verse in all the Word of God, the most recited verse in all the Word of God, perhaps the most loved. It says concisely God's plan. God loved the world, and so He sent His Son into the world so that we would live if we would believe in him. We wouldn't perish, we wouldn't die. So here's God the Father. Remember, we believe in a triune God, right? We believe in God the Father, we believe in God the Son, and we believe in God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct, but yet all one God. So God the Father saying, uh, Jesus, I need to tell you something. <laughs> 
Jesus saying, Father, I want to do whatever you want me to do. What if God had chosen to use one of the created beings that we spoke of a little bit ago? I mean, some of these guys had to be huge, right? Michael, Gabriel, and sends one of the created angels. You'll be, you'll be the redeemer. You'll be the savior. But see, created beings are a dime a dozen with God. See? There's thousands upon thousands. There's only one son of God. Only one son of God. And God was willing to give his very best in, in giving the only one of that kind, his only son. And Christ's response, Jesus' response, became. And the word became flesh and dwelled among us. <laughs> wow. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. Christ came. He came to be born of a virgin. He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to perform miracles and astound the people, create some enthusiasm and curiosity. He came to live a sinless life as our example. He came to be beaten and wrongly accused. Christ came to be crucified on a cross. He came to die for the sins of all mankind. He came to be laid in a borrowed tomb. Christ came to rise triumphant over death. Is anybody happy that Christ chose to come? Well, if you're glad that he came, you'll be really glad that he's coming again. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He's coming again to receive us as his own. And we must be ready for that. I've asked Pastor Moses and the choir, actually, to come. Choir, could you come back up? I've entitled this message, Heaven's Holy One, which is the title of a song that I wrote on December 26th, last Christmas, the day after Christmas. I actually, it was part of a dream that I had. And I woke up and I scribbled down these words. And I told Pastor Moses just a few days later, I said, I, God gave me a song I think there's something to it. Maybe we could use it next year. And he incorporated it into the Christmas Comes to Life production. But it's just called Heaven's Holy One. This will be done. 
gift ever given he left the splendor of heaven and came to be born in a stable and laid in a manger light has come light has come 
And we who wandered in darkness, we have seen his light. What is our response? Let us join with Mary and magnify Jesus. Let us join with the angels in adoration. Join with the shepherds and share all of the good things that Jesus has done in your life. May we join the wise men and worship him. What is our response? Let us join Christ. And as Christ came to us, may we come to Christ. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I want to accept God's gift of love. I want to accept God's gift of life. I want Jesus to come in and be my Savior. I want Jesus to forgive me of all of my wrong and all of my mistakes and cleanse me of my sin. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Let me pray for you. Yes, yes. I know that God has brought you here today. I, I'm going to ask you to take a very courageous step. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to step out from where you are and come and meet me at this altar. We're going to sing this chorus one more time. And I want you to come and we're going to pray with you today. Come and let me pray with you. Pastors, would you help me here today? Wow. New life is happening around this altar today. New life today, church. So we sing glory, 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 glory. Just surrender your life to him. Lift your voice. Your voice, glory, sing glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God in flesh was born. Heaven's holy one. the greatest gift ever given, the greatest gift that you will ever receive. Give your life to Christ. Give your heart to God. Give God a chance. Give God a real chance. And I believe he'll turn your life around and radically change you. This church is filled with testimony after testimony, men and women and students who have accepted this gift. Is there anyone else today? Anyone else? Come now. Come now. Isn't it awesome to see God change lives at an altar of repentance, at an altar of prayer? Come on, let's join with the angels. The Bible also tells us angels rejoice. Even if one soul comes to a saving knowledge of Christ. Come on, let's join with the angels today. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah.
to uh, come out tonight for carols, candles, and communion at 6 o'clock. Should be great. Go ahead and bow your heads. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord, to worship you. God, we pray that as we go out throughout this season, you would fix our gaze upon you. Lord, there are many distractions in this season, things to be enjoyed, but God, I pray that throughout all of those things, we would only look to you. God, that as we celebrate this holiday and enjoy the, the many things that come with it, Lord, I pray that our sole goal would be to glorify your name. God, I pray that you would show us your glory. God, that you would soften our hearts and give us a sense of thankfulness for what you've done for us for what you gave to us in the birth of Christ. Father God, we thank you. And it's your name we pray. Amen.